Welcome to the final year of Joe Biden's presidency. Knock on wood. What's up? This is Mark K. Saves the Republic. And we are here, man. It is 2024. Uh, we somehow made it through. And and look, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been telling everybody 2024 is an exciting year. It's an important year. It's a pivotal year in American history. It could also be the single most dangerous year that we've ever faced. Because think about this. Joe Biden is still the president the entire year. There's an election, sure. But the inauguration isn't until 2025. The lame duck president, as I hope he will be come uh, November of this year, is uh, is is still capable of doing lots and lots of damage. And that includes executive orders. That includes pardoning people. That includes signing legislation over that could be detrimental to, well, you and me and your finances and your life. Uh, all those things that, you know, you really you really hold dear. Well, you're you know, you hold your life dear. Maybe not mine. Hopefully mine, too. I hold you. You know what? Let's just we'll just have each other's backs here because we're going to need it. And while we're all prepping and ready to go for the primaries, while we're all excited about what's going to be happening here in about 15 days, a little less, actually, about 13 days in Iowa, the caucus, the first ever contest for the Republican primary. While we're excited about what's going to happen in New Hampshire with the primary, the first ever primary to figure out uh, who's going to be on the ballot for the Republicans to face Joe Biden or whomever happens to be their candidate. If it's not Joe Biden, somebody else. Um, and while we gear up for all that, and while we're excited and looking forward to November and we're talking about rallies and putting signs in our yard and and, you know, debates and, you know, people dropping out eventually, uh, which hopefully will happen while that's happening. We still need to realize that Joe Biden's in charge and he knows that the clock is ticking. He thought for a very long time that he would have eight years to totally destroy this country and turn it into the socialist utopia that he and his cronies have always desired. The socialist utopia they've been dreaming of since they were yay high. And if you're, I mean, it's a podcast. I'm holding my hand really, really close to the ground. Uh, anyway, so these people have been doing whatever they can to try to take power away from the people, away from you and me, and consolidate it into a group of uniparty Washington elitists. And we've seen that on we've we've seen that unfolding over the past several years. Donald Trump introduced us to the deep state and just how just how deep it was, just how powerful these individuals are. And Joe Biden has basically just through his actions and through his, I mean, laissez-faire attitude, Joe Biden just basically walked in and said, look, you know what? Everybody knows that we're not in this to, for the American people. Everybody knows that we're not doing what we need to do to help make America stronger and better and give Americans more money and, and more power over their own lives, more individual liberty. They know, we know, everybody knows now that's not what the Democrats are about. So you know what we might as well, we might as well just do, we might as well just act in a way where we are unilaterally uh, tyrannical and telling everybody what we're going to do, taking all their money, uh, destroying our American sovereignty and solidifying power for ourselves for ages to come. So that's kind of been Joe Biden's agenda. He thought he had eight years to do it, but the polls are telling him otherwise. His party is telling him otherwise. The news pundits who usually are his mouthpiece are now mouthing off about what a bad candidate Joe Biden is. And Joe Biden may not have the eight years that he and whoever was pulling his puppet strings thought he would have, he may only have one more year, which means this is his final shot. 2024 is the final countdown for Joe Biden to destroy America to the level that he deems acceptable. And if you thought the first three years were bad, A, you were right. B, you ain't seen nothing yet. And this is something that we all need to be careful of and we need to be warned of and we need to be wary of moving into 2024. But before we get to that, let's talk about what happened on New Year's Eve. Man, Joe Biden, uh, he was in, where was he, St. Croix or something? He was out of the country. 
Joe Biden was on vacation again, which, by the way, I saw a story about Fox News was talking about how how Joe Biden takes so many vacation days and how he's been on vacation like 400 days already uh, since he became president and how that rivals any other president. And, you know, they say it's vacation. I just think it's I think most of it is medically mandated uh, downtime. You know, I think when the doctor says just take it easy for a couple of days, just rest up, you know, you got to make sure you got to make sure that you're not you pushing yourself too hard. I think that's what it is. But they call it vacation days because I guess he's got to use, you know, he's got to use his, his official PTO, his presidential time off. Um, but he was uh, he was in St. Croix or he was in the Virgin Islands somewhere celebrating the new year outside of the country that he's actually president of. And he uh, piped into Ryan Seacrest, the new Dick Clark, who was at uh, New Year's Rockin' even in, in uh, you know, a Times Square like he usually is. And they had a little chit chat and they talked about, you know, what Joe Biden had for dinner. I'm curious, what sort of holiday foods have you been enjoying over the last few days? Well, I've been eating everything that's put in front of me. I've eaten <laughs> pasta, which I love. Yeah. eating a lot of chicken, chicken parmesan. I've been eating all, all Italian foods, basically. And ice cream. And ice cream, chocolate chip ice cream. Okay, now this is weird for a couple of reasons, because number one, you have to see what Jill's wearing. I, I mean, it's I don't even know. I could try to describe it, but I just don't think I could even... I don't think I could even describe Jill Biden's outfit. It was so, it was so interesting. It's like, it's like if you took a fruitcake and you, and some flowers and, you know, you know what it is really? You ever play the slot machines and they have the cherries and the flat and the different signals. If a slot machine exploded onto a dress, it would be what Jill Biden uh, was wearing. So that's the first, that's the first interesting thing. The second thing is that if you listen to the clip again, Joe Biden starts to, to discuss what he's been eating. Again, I don't know why. I don't know why that's a question. I'm curious, what sort of holiday foods have you been enjoying over the last few days? I mean, that is such a milk toast. Not such a milk toast question. I mean, look, we've got a border crisis. We've got an economic crisis. We've got an election coming up. I mean, and Ryan Seacrest wants to know what Joe Biden's been eating. I think maybe he wants to just make sure he has been eating because, as, as I said before, the Democrats are worried that this guy, guy's not going to make it through. Uh, 2024, and Joe Biden says, I've been eating lots of Italian food. Well, I've been eating everything that's put in front of me. I've eaten <laughs> pasta, which I love. Yeah. eating a lot of chicken, chicken parmesan. I've been eating all, all Italian foods, basically. All Italian food. This guy who has been, uh, who has claimed he is a Puerto Rican, who claims he is Greek, who claims he's Irish, is now just eating all Italian food over Christmas. I can't blame him. I love pasta. I love chicken parmesan. I love that kind of stuff. But listen to what happens at the very end. And ice cream. And ice cream. Chocolate chip ice cream. And ice cream. Again with the ice cream. Chocolate chip ice cream. And Jill Biden, for whatever reason, wanted to make sure that Joe Biden uh, mentioned the ice cream. It was like, it was a, he's, he went off on a tangent about the, the Italian food and the chicken parm and this, that, and the other. And all of a sudden, Jill's like, don't forget the ice cream. Which leads me to think, is this guy not only getting money from China, not only getting money from Ukraine, not only getting money from Moscow and Russia, is this guy not only getting money from some of our, our enemies, our, our most you know, hated enemies, but is he also getting money from Big, big Dairy? Is Big Ice Cream funneling money to the Joe Biden campaign? Do they believe that if Joe Biden continues to push chocolate chip ice cream, Jenny specifically, then they're going to have a they're going to have a banner year because everybody wants to be like Joe Biden. This is like the ninth or tenth time that Joe Biden has publicly either mentioned or been seen eating ice cream. It, it's his staple. It's, you know, Ronald Reagan had the jelly beans. 
uh, Donald Trump had cheeseburgers, and now you've got Joe Biden pushing the creamy, smooth deliciousness that is uh, that is chocolate chip ice cream. I just have to think, you know, I'll, I know he's getting money from Big Pharma. I know he's probably getting money from a lot of the military industrial establishment, but apparently Big Dairy is also uh, is also lining Joe's pockets, and that's why Jill wants to make sure he gets that endorsement in there. Yeah, yeah, the chicken parm's nice, but look, look, the, the Rouse Italian sauces people aren't paying you money, Joe. You're not, you know, Olive Garden isn't sponsoring this presidency. Push the ice cream. That's what everybody wants is the ice cream. Incidentally, that was the most in-depth part of the interview. Again, I know it was New Year's Rock and Eve. I know that it was not something that was supposed to be political, but um, I mean, come on, they could have tried a little harder. Uh, the other thing that happened was, I think it was after New Year's, because what happens is they have, the, you know, they waste all this time on uh, on ABC. They, they, they just play all these acts and they have all these weird interviews. They go into the crowd. On CNN, they have Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen doing shots and giggling hysterically like a bunch of little girls and interviewing the gayest people ever. There was a guy, it was the guy from, the Asian guy from Saturday Night Live and some other guy was, they, I, I should pull this clip for the show because they came on for an interview. They have a podcast because everybody has a podcast. And they were chatting with Andrew, uh, with Andrew, with Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper. And they were talking and they were very flamboyant, all of them. And Anderson Cooper at one point looked up and said, you know, it's rare that I ever feel like the least gay person in the room, but right now I do. And, uh, and it was true. It was, it was a really bizarre, really bizarre segment and a really bizarre way to spend New Year's Eve. But then again, CNN is a very bizarre uh, network. Anywho, back to ABC after the whole ball dropped, after we were into 2024, after everything started, we got our first taste of anti-Trump political propaganda from Billy Joe Armstrong and the old dudes at Green Day, which by the way, Green Day is so old. I don't think they should be calling themselves Green Day anymore. I think they're probably a little, they're probably a little wilty and dried up. They should be like Brown Day or even, you know, even like crusty, crusty gray day. Gray Day would probably be a better name for them because they're like, there's dudes like, how old is Billy Joe Armstrong? Hang on. Hey Siri, how old is Billy Joe Armstrong? 51. Okay, this dude's 51. They're no longer Green Day. They're now Gray Day. Um, but Gray Day comes out and they decided to take a, tri a swipe at Donald Trump and Donald Trump supporters by changing the line in their song. Listen to this. I don't want to put up a MAGA agenda. That was American Idiot. Uh, which is one of their hits from way back, well, you know, long a long time ago. And they changed it to, uh, they changed the lyrics to, I don't want to put up a MAGA agenda, or don't want to put up with a MAGA agenda, which, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, it was very tame by by Green Day standards, by any punk rock standards. Um, but it was, a, it was a swipe at half the country. It was a dig at Donald Trump's voters. It was a, um, it was a smat, slap in the face of 81, I'm sorry, of 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump and many more who will vote for Donald Trump again this year. And it was broadcast live on ABC. And this is something, it wasn't bleeped out. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, uh, they didn't dump it. They just let it fly. And now it's uh, making the rounds. This is exactly what we're going to, well, this was minutes into the new year. By the way, if you thought, if you thought 2023 was bad, 2024, this is all it's going to be. It's going to be the news media. It's going to be the television industry. It's going to be the entertainment industry. All of them. 
they're going to be trying to come up with some ways to dig on Donald Trump. They're going to be coming up with some way to tear down MAGA supporters or make you think that you're less cool or uncool or Billy Joe Armstrong and the old dudes at Gray Day. They don't want to they don't want to vote for Donald Trump. So you shouldn't either. And it's going to be continuous. Taylor Swift. She's going to start baking more Biden Harris cookies. Biden Harris 2024. She's going to be making proclamations on Instagram. She and Travis Kelsey will be seen sitting in, I don't know, a box somewhere with Barack and Michelle Obama, probably at the Super Bowl, because I don't think Travis Kelsey will be playing in it this year. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so that's the thing. Travis Kelsey will be at the Super Bowl, not on the field, but he'll be in a box with Taylor Swift and probably the Obamas. And they'll be uh, they'll be promoting, you know, socialism to a uh, to a younger crowd. Incidentally, I did want to share something with you that happened to me over the weekend. We were at we were at the uh, the football game, and one of my friends, one of my wife's friends, came by, and she's got a bunch of kids, and they're various different ages. And one of them's my son's age, and he's cool. He's very uh, he's very into you know conservatism and and big Donald Trump supporter. And then she has a daughter who's like 23, 24, and not a Trump fan at all. Still conservative, but not a fan of Trump. And she wants to vote for I don't know Vivek Ramaswamy or Nikki Haley or something. And so we got into a little political discussion, which I'm always up for, by the way. And she goes, I just have a question for you. And I said, what's the question? And she said, if, uh, you know, why should I vote for Donald Trump in the primary? And I said, well, he's going to win the primary. So why not? I mean, if, if you vote for anybody else, it's not, no one, no one else is going to win the primary, especially here in Florida. It's a, it's pretty much a slam dunk. And she said, no, I understand that. But why not even at least try? Like, why can't I support one of these other candidates? And I said, by all means, it's America. You can do whatever you want. But keep in mind that the longer that we prolong this, this, whole, this whole primary process, the longer the primary goes on, the more damage we do to our number one contender. And the more damage we do to our number one contender, the more we splinter or divide the party, the tougher it is for him to beat Joe Biden. And I think we can all agree Joe Biden is the common enemy. And I said, you know, what is it you don't like about Donald Trump? And she said to me, and this is not the first time I've heard this in the past couple of months. I've heard this a lot. This is the new narrative going into 2024. We heard it. Uh, we heard it in the Colorado decision. Uh, we heard it from a phone caller that, when I, that I put on YouTube the other day that went viral. And I've heard it now from a third source. And she said, the whole January 6th thing really turned me off. And I said, what do you mean by the whole January 6th thing? And she said, well... He told those people stuff knowing that they would go to the Capitol building and just wreak havoc. And I said to her, I said, whoa, 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 hold on, wait a minute. You're telling me that Donald Trump, who never said, go to the Capitol building and wreak havoc, go to the Capitol building and break stuff, go to the Capitol building and smash windows, go to the Capitol building and, and scale the walls. Donald Trump never said any of those things, but you're telling me he knew that if he said the opposite to those people, they would go and somehow get triggered and do what, what happened on January 6th. And she said, yes. And I said, it's very difficult to prove that somebody knows the way you're going to behave before you behave that way, which she agreed. She's a law student too. So she agreed to that. She goes, I know it's not something I could ever prove. I know he never said it, but I just feel like he knew. So what and the, and the and again nothing against her she's still going to vote for Republicans I'm pretty sure she's going to vote for Donald Trump uh, she hates Joe Biden everybody hates Joe Biden so that's that's the last question I always ask people I go look I get you don't like Donald Trump but do you like him more than Joe Biden and she said absolutely so there's that but the it it seems to be permeating and I'm not sure where it's coming from I'm not sure if it's coming from the TikTok or the Instagram or the college institutions or whatever 
But the new narrative I've noticed now on several occasions is Donald Trump knew the way his supporters would react. Donald Trump knew that if he got his supporters riled up, they were going to go down to the Capitol building and try to overthrow the government. Donald Trump knew that by standing up in Washington, D.C. and saying, go and make your voices patriotically or peacefully and patriotically heard, he knew that all those people would do the opposite and just run around like crazy folk, which not all of them did, by the way. But that seems to be the narrative. They don't have any proof that Donald Trump caused an insurrection. They can't prove that Donald Trump had anything to do with the with the planning. They can't even prove, prove that there was a plan. They can prove that there's some individuals who got rowdy and crazy and walked out with podiums and, and this, that, and the other. They can scour the footage and see that, that a lot of people were invited into their various different buildings and rooms by the police officers who were there to protect the Capitol building. They can see all of that, but they can't prove anything. So the new narrative is we can't prove it, but we know that Donald Trump knew how people would react. And the words he said protected himself while sending his worker drones, his worker bees, his ant army into a frenzy. He mentally, he used mental telepathy or some kind of psychosis or something. Donald Trump knew exactly what was going to happen. That's what the left wants you to believe. That's the narrative they're pushing. They have no proof. So they want you to think that Donald Trump, which is ironic to me because how many times did we hear in 2016 and again in 2020 that Donald Trump was an idiot, an imbecile. Donald Trump wasn't capable of leading. Donald Trump had no experience. Donald Trump was adult. Donald Trump had never done anything in his life. Donald Trump was handed everything to him by his father. He grew up with a silver spoon in his mouth. All this stuff about Donald Trump that we heard, none of it turned out to be true. And now the tables have turned and they want you to believe that not only is Donald Trump one of the smartest people in the entire world, but one of the most devious and that he can actually predict how massive, uh, massive groups of people will react to his words. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. Uh, it's good news and bad news. The good news is, like I said, they have no real concrete proof, which we all knew. The bad news is now they're just making stuff up again. And, and we we're dealing with an electorate that doesn't really seem to care about facts. They care about, they like to fact check Republicans, but they don't seem to care about fact checking themselves. In fact, facts are unimportant when they're making their arguments and they're the most important thing when they're listening to the arguments of the other side. Welcome, welcome to politics in 2024. Listen, that's, we've got so much to get into on the Mark K Show today, which returns again at noon Eastern, 11 Central. So we hope you uh, join us for that. I've also got a couple of other things um, that I've been working on over the break specifically for 2024, specifically to help you uh, maneuver 2024, prepare for 2024, get through 2024, uh, survive 2024 mentally, physically, politically, financially. Again, like I said, this is Joe Biden's most dangerous year ever. So keep listening because in the next couple of days, I'm going to unveil those plans to you uh, as well. I'm going to give you the things you need, like I said, to survive and thrive in 2024. In the meantime, like this podcast, share it, write a review. Uh, send it out to your friends. Make sure you're subscribed so you get it every single day. And and don't this is it, folks. It's go time. It's 2024. We've got exactly 10 months, 10 months until Election Day. And I know that 10 months seems like a really long time. It's not that long at all. So make sure you're listening every single day. Make sure you're following me. Make sure that we're having these conversations. Make sure that you're armed and prepared and ready to go because this is it. This is the year. 
that we all save the republic.